book two section twenty four of the world as will and idea volume one by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book two the world as will first aspect the objectification of the will section twenty four we have learnt from the great kant that time space and causality with their entire constitution and the possibility of all their forms are present in our consciousness quite independently of the objects which appear in them and which constitute their content or in other words they can be arrived at just as well if we start from the subject as if we start from the object therefore with equal accuracy we may call them either forms of intuition or perception of the subject or qualities of the object as object with kant phenomenon that is idea we may also regard these forms as the irreducible boundary between object and subject all objects must therefore exist in them yet the subject independently of the phenomenal object possesses and surveys them completely but if the objects appearing in these forms are not to be empty phantoms but are to have a meaning they must refer to something must be the expression of something which is not like themselves object idea a merely relative existence for a subject but which exists without such dependence upon something which stands over against it as a condition of its being and independent of the forms of such a thing that is is not idea but a thing in itself consequently it may at least be asked are these ideas these objects something more than or apart from the fact that they are ideas objects of the subject and what would they be in this sense what is that other side of them which is toto genere different from idea what is the thing in itself the will we have answered but for the present i set that answer aside whatever the thing in itself may be kant is right in his conclusion that time space and causality which we afterwards found to be forms of the principle of sufficient reason the general expression of the forms of the phenomenon are not its properties but come to it only after and so far as it has become idea that is they belong only to its phenomenal existence not to itself for since the subject fully understands and constructs them out of itself independently of all object they must be dependent upon existence as idea as such not upon that which becomes idea they must be the form of the idea as such but not qualities of that which has assumed this form they must be already given with the mere antithesis of subject and object not as concepts but as facts and consequently they must be only the more exact determination of the form of knowledge in general whose most universal determination is that antithesis itself now that in the phenomenon in the object which is in its turn conditioned by time space and causality inasmuch as it can only become idea by means of them namely multiplicity through coexistence and succession change and permanence through the law of causality matter which can only become idea under the presupposition of causality and lastly 
all that becomes idea only by means of these all this i say as a whole does not in reality belong to that which appears to that which has passed into the form of idea but belongs merely to this form itself and conversely that in the phenomenon which is not conditioned through time space and causality and which cannot be referred to them nor explained in accordance with them is precisely that in which the thing manifested the thing in itself directly reveals itself it follows from this that the most complete capacity for being known that is to say the greatest clearness distinctness and susceptibility of exhaustive explanation will necessarily belong to that which pertains to knowledge as such and thus to the form of knowledge but not to that which in itself is not idea not object but which has become knowledge only through entering these forms in other words has become idea object thus only that which depends entirely upon being an object of knowledge upon existing as idea in general and as such not upon that which becomes known and has only become idea which therefore belongs without distinction to everything that is known and which on that account is found just as well if we start from the subject as if we start from the object this alone can afford us without reserve a sufficient exhaustive knowledge a knowledge which is clear to the very foundation but this consists of nothing but those forms of all phenomena of which we are conscious a priori and which may be generally expressed as the principle of sufficient reason now the forms of this principle which occur in knowledge of perception with which alone we are here concerned are time space and causality the whole of pure mathematics and pure natural science a priori is based entirely upon these therefore it is only in these sciences that knowledge finds no obscurity does not rest upon what is incomprehensible groundless that is will upon what cannot be further deduced it is on this account that kant wanted as we have said to apply the name science specially and even exclusively to these branches of knowledge together with logic but on the other hand these branches of knowledge show us nothing more than mere connections relations of one idea to another form devoid of all content all content which they receive every phenomenon which fills these forms contains something which is no longer completely knowable in its whole nature something which can no longer be entirely explained through something else something then which is groundless through which consequently the knowledge loses its evidence and ceases to be completely lucid this that withholds itself from investigation however is the thing in itself is that which is essentially not idea not object of knowledge but has only become knowable by entering that form the form is originally foreign to it and the thing in itself can never become entirely one with it can never be referred to mere form and since this form is the principle of sufficient reason can never be completely explained if therefore all mathematics affords us an exhaustive knowledge of that which in the phenomena is quantity position number in a word spatial and temporal relations if all etiology gives us a complete account of the regular conditions under which phenomena with all their determinations appear in time and space 
but with it all teaches us nothing more than why in each case this particular phenomenon must appear just at this time here and at this place now it is clear that with their assistance we can never penetrate to the inner nature of things there always remains something which no explanation can venture to attack but which it always presupposes the forces of nature the definite mode of operation of things the quality and character of every phenomenon that which is without ground that which does not depend upon the form of the phenomenal the principle of sufficient reason but is something to which this form in itself is foreign something which has yet entered this form and now appears according to its law a law however which only determines the appearance not that which appears only the how not the what only the form not the content mechanics physics and chemistry teach the rules and laws according to which the forces of impenetrability gravitation rigidity fluidity cohesion elasticity heat light affinity magnetism electricity etc operate that is to say the law the rule which these forces observe whenever they enter time and space but do what we will the forces themselves remain qualitates occultae for it is just the thing in itself which because it is manifested exhibits these phenomena which are entirely different from itself in its manifestation indeed it is completely subordinated to the principle of sufficient reason as the form of the idea but it can never itself be referred to this form and therefore cannot be fully explained etiologically can never be completely fathomed it is certainly perfectly comprehensible so far as it has assumed that form that is so far as it is phenomenon but its inner nature is not in the least explained by the fact that it can thus be comprehended therefore the more necessity any knowledge carries with it the more there is in it of that which cannot be otherwise thought or presented in perception as for example space relations the clearer and more sufficing then it is the less pure objective content it has or the less reality properly so called is given in it and conversely the more there is in it which must be conceived as mere chance and the more it impresses us as given merely empirically the more proper objectivity and true reality is there in such knowledge and at the same time the more that is inexplicable that is that cannot be deduced from anything else it is true that at all times an etiology unmindful of its real aim has striven to reduce all organized life to chemism or electricity all chemism that is to say quality again to mechanism action determined by the shape of the atom this again sometimes to the object of foronomy that is the combination of time and space which makes motion possible sometimes to the object of mere geometry that is position in space much in the same way as we rightly deduce the diminution of an effect from the square of the distance and the theory of the lever in a purely geometrical manner geometry may finally be reduced to arithmetic which on account of its one dimension is of all the forms of the principle of sufficient reason the most intelligible comprehensible and completely susceptible of investigation as instances of the method generally indicated here we may refer to the atoms of democritus 
the vortex of descartes the mechanical physics of lesage which towards the end of last century tried to explain both chemical affinities and gravitation mechanically by impact and pressure as may be seen in detail in lucrece newtonian ryle's form and combination as the cause of animal life also tends in this direction finally the crude materialism which even now in the middle of the nineteenth century has been served up again under the ignorant delusion that it is original belongs distinctly to this class it stupidly denies vital force and first of all tries to explain the phenomena of life from physical and chemical forces and those again from the mechanical effects of the matter position form and motion of imagined atoms and thus seeks to reduce all the forces of nature to action and reaction as its thing in itself according to this teaching light is the mechanical vibration or undulation of an imaginary ether postulated for this end this ether if it reaches the eye beats rapidly upon the retina and gives us the knowledge of colour thus for example four hundred and eighty three billion beats in a second give red and seven hundred and twenty seven billion beats in a second give violet upon this theory persons who are colour-blind must be those who are unable to count the beats must they not such crass mechanical clumsy and certainly naughty theories which remind one of democritus are quite worthy of those who fifty years after the appearance of goethe's doctrine of colour still believe in newton's homogeneous light and are not ashamed to say so they will find that what is overlooked in the child democritus will not be forgiven to the man they might indeed some day come to an ignominious end but then every one would slink away and pretend that he never had anything to do with them we shall soon have to speak again of this false reduction of the forces of nature to each other so much for the present supposing this theory were possible all would certainly be explained and established and finally reduced to an arithmetical problem which would then be the holiest thing in the temple of wisdom to which the principle of sufficient reason would at last have happily conducted us but all content of the phenomenon would have disappeared and the mere form would remain the what appears would be referred to the how it appears and this how would be what is a priori knowable therefore entirely dependent on the subject therefore only for the subject therefore lastly mere phantom idea and form of idea through and through no thing in itself could be demanded supposing then that this were possible the whole world would be derived from the subject and in fact that would be accomplished which fichte wanted to seem to accomplish by his empty bombast but it is not possible fantasies sophisms castles in the air have been constructed in this way but science never the many and multifarious phenomena in nature have been successfully referred to particular original forces and as often as this has been done a real advance has been made several forces and qualities which were at first regarded as different have been derived from each other and thus their number has been curtailed for example magnetism from electricity etiology will have reached its goal when it has recognized and exhibited as such all the original forces of nature and established their mode of operation that is the law according to which under the guidance of causality their phenomena appear in time and space 
and determine their position with regard to each other but certain original forces will always remain over there will always remain as an insoluble residuum a content of phenomena which cannot be referred to their form and thus cannot be explained from something else in accordance with the principle of sufficient reason for in everything in nature there is something of which no ground can ever be assigned of which no explanation is possible and no ulterior cause is to be sought this is the specific nature of its action that is the nature of its existence its being of each particular effect of the thing a cause may be certainly indicated from which it follows that it must act just at this time and in this place but no cause can ever be found from which it follows that a thing acts in general and precisely in the way it does if it has no other qualities if it is merely a mote in a sunbeam it yet exhibits this unfathomable something at least as weight and impenetrability but this i say is to the mote what his will is to a man and like the human will it is according to its inner nature not subject to explanation nay more it is in itself identical with this will it is true that a motive may be given for every manifestation of will for every act of will at a particular time and in a particular place upon which it must necessarily follow under the presupposition of the character of the man but no reason can ever be given that the man has this character that he wills at all that of several motives just this one and no other or indeed that any motive at all moves his will that which in the case of man is the unfathomable character which is presupposed in every explanation of his actions from motives is in the case of every unorganized body its definitive quality the mode of its action the manifestations of which are occasioned by impressions from without while it itself on the contrary is determined by nothing outside itself and thus is also inexplicable its particular manifestations through which alone it becomes visible are subordinated to the principle of sufficient reason it itself is groundless this was in substance rightly understood by the schoolmen who called it forma substantialis it is a greater and a commoner error that the phenomena which we best understand are those which are of most frequent occurrence and which are most universal and simple for on the contrary these are just the phenomena that we are most accustomed to see about us and to be ignorant of it is just as inexplicable to us that a stone should fall to the earth as that an animal should move itself it has been supposed as we have remarked above that starting from the most universal forces of nature gravitation cohesion impenetrability it was possible to explain from them the rarer forces which only operate under a combination of circumstances for example chemical quality electricity magnetism and lastly from these to understand the organism and the life of animals and even the nature of human knowing and willing men resign themselves without a word to starting from mere qualitates occultae the elucidation of which was entirely given up for they intended to build upon them not to investigate them such an intention cannot as we have already said be carried out but apart from this such structures would always stand in the air what is the use of explanations which ultimately refer us 
to something which is quite as unknown as the problem with which we started do we in the end understand more of the inner nature of these universal natural forces than of the inner nature of an animal is not the one as much a sealed book to us as the other unfathomable because it is without ground because it is the content that which the phenomenon is and which can never be referred to the form to the how to the principle of sufficient reason but we who have in view not etiology but philosophy that is not relative but unconditioned knowledge of the real nature of the world take the opposite course and start from that which is immediately and most completely known to us and fully and entirely trusted by us that which lies nearest to us in order to understand that which is known to us only at a distance one-sidedly and indirectly from the most powerful most significant and most distinct phenomenon we seek to arrive at an understanding of those that are less complete and weaker with the exception of my own body all things are known to me only on one side that of the idea their inner nature remains hidden from me and a profound secret even if i know all the causes from which their changes flow only by comparison with that which goes on in me if my body performs an action when i am influenced by a motive only by comparison i say with what is the inner nature of my own changes determined by external reasons can i obtain insight into the way in which these lifeless bodies change under the influence of causes and so understand what is their inner nature for the knowledge of the causes of the manifestation of this inner nature affords me merely the rule of its appearance in time and space and nothing more i can make this comparison because my body is the only object of which i know not merely the one side that of the idea but also the other side which is called will thus instead of believing that i would better understand my own organization and then my own knowing and willing and my movements following upon motives if i could only refer them to movements due to electrical chemical and mechanical causes i must seeing that i seek philosophy and not etiology learn to understand from my own movements following upon motives the inner nature of the simplest and commonest movements of an unorganized body which i see following upon causes i must recognize the inscrutable forces which manifest themselves in all natural bodies as identical in kind with that which in me is the will and as differing from it only in degree that is to say the fourth class of ideas given in the essay on the principle of sufficient reason must be the key to the knowledge of the inner nature of the first class and by means of the law of motivation i must come to understand the inner meaning of the law of causation spinoza says that if a stone which has been projected through the air had consciousness it would believe that it was moving of its own will i add to this only that the stone would be right the impulse given it is for the stone what the motive is for me and what in the case of the stone appears as cohesion gravitation rigidity is in its inner nature the same as that which i recognize in myself as will and what the stone also if knowledge were given to it would recognize as will in the passage referred to spinoza had in view the necessity with which the stone flies and he rightly desires to transfer this necessity 
to that of the particular act of will of a person i on the other hand consider the inner being which alone imparts meaning and validity to all real necessity that is effect following upon a cause as its presupposition in the case of men this is called character in the case of a stone it is called quality but it is the same in both when it is immediately known it is called will in the stone it has the weakest and in man the strongest degree of visibility of objectivity st augustine recognizes with a true instinct this identity of the tendencies of all things with their own willing and i cannot refrain from quoting his naive account of the matter si pecora essemus carnalem vitam et quad secundum sensum eusdem est amaremus idque esset sufficiens bonum nostrum et secundum hoc si esset nobis bene nihil aliud quaereremus item si arbores essemus nihil quidem sentientes motu amare possemus verum tamen id quasi apetere videremur quo veresius essemus uberiusque fructuosae si essemus lapides aut fluctus aut ventus aut flamma vel quid eius modi sine ulo quidem sensu atque vita non tamen nobis de esset quasi quidam nostrorum locorum atque ordinis appetitus nam velut amores corporum momenta sunt ponderum sive de orsum gravitate sive sursum levitate nitantur ita enim corpus pondere sicut animus amore fertur quocunque fertur it ought further to be mentioned that euler saw that the inner nature of gravitation must ultimately be referred to an inclination and desire thus will peculiar to material bodies in the sixty-eighth letter to the princess indeed it is just this that makes him averse to the conception of gravitation as it existed for newton and he is inclined to try a modification of it in accordance with the earlier cartesian theory and so to derive gravitation from the impact of an ether upon the bodies as being more rational and more suitable for persons who like clear and intelligible principles he wishes to banish attraction from physics as a qualitas occulta this is only in keeping with the dead view of nature which prevailed at euler's time as the correlative of the immaterial soul it is only worth noticing because of its bearing upon the fundamental truth established by me which even at that time this fine intellect saw glimmering in the distance he hastened to turn in time and then in his anxiety at seeing all the prevalent fundamental views endangered he sought safety in the old and already exploded absurdities end of book two section twenty four recording by expatriate in bangor maine